And welcome back to another episode of Podcast Quincy's City View with Mayor Tom Koch. I'm Mark Carey, media director, sitting in his office. Hello, Mayor. Hello, Mark. We are on the day after the uh, State of the City Address, which was a little bit unique this year. Very nice. You mentioned a lot of great people in the city that don't really get a lot of mention. Mm-hmm. Typically, just to let folks know, the State of the City, if you haven't seen it, you can see it on our social media sites, especially on Facebook. You can see it there. You can also read the speech on Facebook. That was just put up there as well today. But uh, we're also going to have an edited version of it uh, over the next uh, couple of days on YouTube. But uh, to hear what the mayor what the mayor talked about, and it was a bit of a different twist where you didn't focus on necessarily all of the things that are happening as far as projects go, but really focused on a lot of the people in the city that helped make this city run. Yeah, that's accurate. That was the goal. You know, we, we are a city of well over 100,000 people. We have about 3,000 city employees. They come together each and every day to deliver the services that people get. You, you know, whether we talk about stuff going on in the classroom, I know frequently we always talk about teachers, and we rightfully should, but, you know, there's also food service workers in the cafeteria, there's security guards, there's custodians, there's guidance counselors, there's coaches, there's admin people, there's paraprofessionals, that all these people come together um, really to provide the best edu- educational experience for us young, young people. Well, as a city, there's a lot about infrastructure we don't think about until something happens, right? Mm. There's so much underground. I know we've talked a little bit about that over the different podcasts about the investment in public infrastructure, but, you know, yeah, we did talk about some folks that work in that. And Public Works, for example, you know, they, they oversee all the infrastructure of our city. Um, all of the utility infrastructure, the roads and so forth. I mean, there's... A building department that does the public buildings, then of course natural resources was done to have public spaces. But when you think about all the sewer and water, drain lines, tide gates, seawalls, roads and sidewalks to maintain, uh, you get a water main break in the middle of the night. Those, those the men and women there, boom, and and getting that squared away could be twenty below zero. They're out there fixing it mm. and putting the road back together. I mean, sewer lines. You forget about the sewer uh, unless you have a backup in your house. Then you're calling the sewer department, and they come out and and in good service in the city, they go out and clean it up and take care of it. Even though it may have nothing to do with the city side, it could be something on their own property. So, I just want to point out those people that work hard every day. Um, delivering for the residents of the city that don't get any recognition. And obviously I can't single everybody out, but the idea was to talk about a handful of people who represent a lot of other people uh, in that world. And uh, we talked about the libraries and um, the incredible work done not only at the Richardson building, but at three three branches, Adam Shaw, Wollaston, and North Quincy. In fact, Wollaston just celebrated their 100th anniversary. The I know, night. it's amazing. Pretty cool. It's, it's, it's a very little charming place there that a lot of people love as a little second home. So, um, you know, I, I often say at budget time, we have all these needs. I look at it as the pie and how you break up the pieces of the pie because there's mm. people that use the libraries that may never use the parks. There's people that have kids in the school system that may never use the, the senior center. And then you have people in the senior center that probably wouldn't use anything else uh, with the exception perhaps of 911 in case of a fall or something of a senior. So... Uh, I recognize that there are all the departments have a different mission, but then we come together as one city, providing all these services to the people of our city and residents here. Um, and I think we do it well. In fact, I would say that we do it better than most. Mm. That I've often said about the taxes that you can argue the taxes till till we're blue in the face. We fall in the middle of the state, but we're right at the top of services. And you pick it: veterans, 
seniors, schools, libraries, parks, pick something and, and tell me what's wrong with it. Yeah. I'm not saying we can't be better. There's always room for improvement in every aspect of, of everything in life, right? But overall, the plowing is excellent. Uh, we pick up the rubbish. There's no people on paying $20 for a bag or this or that, like a lot of towns where they get nickel and dimed. Um, so the idea was to bring people together, recognize people and what we're doing as a city and those people that make it happen, but also when you work together, what you can accomplish. One of the other things I thought was great about yesterday is you always talk about relationships, relationships with the state, with the federal government, with other folks. Like there were some really great people on the dais yesterday from obviously even from the vicar general, Bishop, the new vicar general, right, of, yeah. of the Catholic Church, which is which is Bishop Mark O'Connell. We also have the imam from our be- from our great Islamic imam center Maid, here in Quincy. Yep. Um, and the governor, of course, who has been a great friend to this office and to the city and, and came yesterday, which was very impressive. I mean, that she, you guys have that relationship together, that she'll, she uh, works with you and on many, many issues. And Catherine Craven, of course, is one of our, one of your favorite people I know for sure. Catherine was there to introduce you and just... First, let's talk about Catherine just for a second on sure. the introduction that she gave for you. And who is Catherine Craven? Uh, Catherine Craven is is an amazing, amazing per- person. She years ago she worked for uh, Tom Finneran when he was Ways and Means. So she's uh, she knows the numbers inside and out. Very, very. She's one of the smartest people I know. Um, she can be exhausting talking to her mentally. <laughs> um, she's just remarkable. So, yeah. but as far as the city goes, she is the chairman of the Department of Education K through twelve board. For the state. For the state. Not Massachusetts, yeah. I'm sorry. For the Massachusetts Department of Education, Board of Education, I should say, not the department, the Board of Education K-12. through She chairs it. And she's been on that since 2014. Now, she is a chief administrator for Babson, used to be Babson College, I think it's now Babson University, um, and kind of runs the show at Babson. And a number of years ago, I asked her if she would come to Quincy and serve on the Quincy College Board of Governors to help us navigate that challenging world with all of her experience in higher ed. And she didn't say no. She said, yes, yes, I'd be happy to help. That's the kind of person she is. I met her years ago when she was executive director of the Massachusetts School Building Authority. She talked a little bit about that yesterday, about the new Central Middle School that we built. <laughs> That's right. Uh, and uh, Well, just she, to set that up, because I know you can't say this, you won't say this, because it was a very glowing uh, introduction. But you, she talked about your vision. She said, and she just does, you're a guy with a lot of vision. And you showed her a parking lot and said, can you see it? Can you see it? And she said, uh, no, I can't. But that's <laughs> she, where Central Middle School is now. That's right. And I, and I, she, was, she was being extra kind there. She, she's got great vision herself. But um, some people can see things and, and until they see it, you know, whether it's in a picture, a plan, or actually. I remember a guy saying to me years ago, um, well, actually, a long time ago, he was questioning me at the downtown. And then subsequently, a few years later, he said to me, I get it now, man. I get it. I see it. I see what's going on. You know, the road change, the new garage, the new buildings. So, you know, there's there's, there's that out there that some people just, it, first of all, change is tough. And secondly, can they envision it? But Catherine is, is remarkable. She's one of the smartest people around. I often thought she could be a candidate for governor or senator or anything. She's just so bright. Got five kids. Um, How does she do it she's, all, remar- yeah. she's remarkable. She really is. So, no, I'm so grateful that she took the time uh, to come out and uh, say some kind words. It was very, very nice of her. And be a part of the new Adams Presidential Center. That's exactly right. She's she's uh, one of the founding board members, along with General Joe Dunford uh, and a number of others, Rob Hill, C.M. Slater, uh, Ed Cohane, um, to serve on the board, which is going to uh, create from scratch, from ground 
Up, a new Adams Presidential Center, center which we've talked about a number of times over the, over the year, and we'll be talking more about it. But yes, she's committed to that. She's taken trips to look at other places. We've had meetings, and she's committed. She's fully in, as as as, as I mentioned, General Dunford is. So, so I thank I thank her for all the stuff she does for Quincy. She's not from Quincy, you know. She doesn't have to do these things. You know, that's what's yeah. remarkable. She's. I, I went to go interview her once, though, for or, or get her to do an introduction for one of the meetings that we're ha- they were having for the uh, center. And I remember I said, so you're a part of this? She goes, yeah, whenever my favorite mayor asked me to do something, I'd do it. So that was nice. Yeah. <laughs> She's very kind. Yeah, she is. Well, it was nice. And then, of course, the governor. I mean, the governor's only been to one other of these uh, state of the cities, and I think it was Boston. So I think that was pretty impressive. And I know that. Uh, yeah, she- we work together on, uh, you know, some people that know me well and know her well will say, how the hell those two get along? One's, one's you, yeah, you more are. on the liberal side and one's more on the conservative side. But you know what? We You, you do get along because you deal with issues, one issue at a time. Yeah. And, you know, when she was AG, we worked together on some of the consumer issues, um, particularly when, when these phony outfits were selling seniors electricity and they're going to save money and then they take advantage um, you know, the whole opioid issue, she was a leader in that nationally and taking on the pharmaceuticals and, uh, no, she's, she's, she was a hell of an AG, I'll tell you. And, uh, and I think she's got the tools to be a great governor. So and no, you start from a place of friendship too. I think that's a, that's a great thing to, you sort of break down any kind of barriers of whatever, even though you may have differences, you're still starting from a place of friendship and, and you've had worked together in the past. Don't you yeah, wish we could absolutely. have, I think you had said that yesterday too, that, don't you wish that everybody could work that I way? I told her a few years ago, I wish she had a chance to meet my mother because my mother was a great athlete. Mari Haley was a great athlete. Yeah, right, sure. And my mother loved basketball, played basketball, and I'm sure she would have loved chatting uh, about sports with, with Mara. But no, she's, uh, we wish her well. Obviously, if the governor does well, the state does well, it's good for all of us. She's well-respected. She's done a good job. I look forward to working with her and speaking Mariano and, and the rest of the team at the state level. I'm, I'll be meeting some of the new members of her administration, because changes always happen when you when you change governors um, at the administrative level. So there'll be new secretaries at the various levels. I'm on the MassDOT board, as you know, and the Mass MBTA, I'm sorry, the MBTA board. And we now have a new secretary of transportation. So we met her the other day. We went in for her introduction and uh, look forward to working with her. And the same goes for there'll be a new, they've been all been announced, most of them, I think, economic development and housing and mm-hmm. public safety, et cetera. So, you know, it's it's about, working together, breaking down any barriers, and just try to get the job done. Right. You know? I mean, yeah. every community has different priorities. I get it. The governor will certainly know what ours are. Yep, uh, <laughs> for, for sure. I know. Well, that's a good thing. It, it was a nice uh, It was a nice day, and it was a nice uh, speech overall. Yeah, I and I want to thank Bishop O'Connell. I'm, you know, I met him 30-something years ago when he was in the seminary, became a deacon. He was assigned to Sacred Heart under Father Harry, who was yeah. one of my mentors. And So it was great to reconnect with him. He's a, he's a real good man. And of course, the imam, he lives in West Quincy. He's been here a long time, I think yeah. 40 years. Mm. Uh, another good guy. And I, and I thank him for, for coming and, and uh, doing the closing prayer for us. Very so, impressive, too. His resume is pretty impressive. Indeed. Yeah. Indeed. He's been tapped by two presidents to serve on some of these uh, interreligious uh, councils and things. So Quincy's a diverse community, and and, uh, and we should celebrate that and get along together. It's, 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 it's awesome. It really yeah, is. I agree. Let's move on and talk a little bit about a couple of projects. And again, as we move into the next few months, we'll talk about every project piece by piece, all the situations that are going on. We always try and do in this podcast, at least cover at least three or four, but we did talk about the state of the city and let's talk a little bit about Mount Wollaston and say Pine Hills cemeteries uh, and all the work that's being done there. Yeah, sure. There's a part of me that really takes interest in these because my former role was executive director of Parks Forestry Cemeteries. So I 
I understand the importance of these places. And a, in a cemetery, you know, people don't think about it until the time comes when they need a burial space. And, of course, Mount Wallison goes back to 1855. Uh, it is, there's Quincy's in there. There's Adams's in there. There's a lot of folks uh, that contributed to the building of the nation in that cemetery. Last couple of years, we've done the roads over. We've done the water mains over. And we have a real special project coming up with the entrance for C Street. If people really look closely going by, I know people that frequently go in the cemetery, they walk, they bike. It's a beautiful spot to get away from the traffic and, and uh, get some exercise. There's also people that walk through the place and read some of the stones, look at some of the beautiful stones. And it's beautiful. Cemetery. It's artwork. It's, it's, it's incredible, you know. Well, in the 50s, they, they dismantled the main gate. So if you're looking from C Street, the rise going up in the entrance into the place, there's four columns that are just like cut off. You know, yeah. well, there was a there was an archway that went over that entranceway that they dismantled back in the fifties. From what we can tell from the research, is because the trucks were hitting it. Now I don't know why they just damn the trucks used the Greenleaf Street side, but you know they took it down. It was, I don't know that it, there was as much appreciation about things fifties, sixties, and seventies. Yeah. I just <laughs> I don't know. They just did things, so we couldn't really get all the pieces back together. Um, so we decided and opted to go a different direction. And it's going to be a beautiful new uh, iron, something you'd see probably in Arlington National Cemetery or Harvard Yard, a beautiful iron gate with imagery into the, the iron work, into the columns. There'll be a spiritual images like doves and angels. There'll be military images to honor the veterans who are buried in there. There'll be some gold leaf that will embellish some of those images. Um, it's really going to be magnificent. And then, of course, we'll narrow down the entrance, make it more formal, and uh, more beautiful. It also will give us some more grave space for the veterans section. We're also adjusting the monuments to our veterans, the various conflicts, to make them a little bit more line up in a row, a little bit more chronologically, and uh, light them at night. And then we'll be adding a set of flagpoles that will have each of the branches of a military hung, you know, that'll be hung on the flagpoles there that mm. represent all the folks that served our nation, uh, particularly at that cemetery. I mean, we have the veterans section, but we also have veterans buried throughout the cemetery, Mark, and family plots and all. They're not, all the veterans aren't just out front. Right. Um, so this is an extensive project. Uh, it was won by MJ Nichols and, and Fulsham Company, both Quincy companies, both Quincy kids have started here. They do very good work. Uh, looking forward to getting this done. But we have alerted the neighbors and folks there's going to be some interruption. We're going to have to close down the C Street engine for some time. We're going to be taking a piece of the wall on the Marymount Roadside out, replacing that with a wrought iron fence and using those pieces to help us embellish the front entrance. Because you can't get that stone to match today. Yeah, yeah. So we're using some existing wall in the backside and then put a beautiful wrought iron fence in that place. Cemetery Board of Management supports this. And I've talked to the congressman about it. We're actually using some of the opera money to do this project because it's a, a special project that falls under the category of both historic preservation and tourism. That's great. Yeah, that's really good. It is good. Yeah, it's a beautiful place. I mean, I, I love that you said even tourism because that's just one of those places that I've gone through just to take a walk, just to just to yeah, enjoy it is, the, it's, it's, it's it, absolutely gorgeous. And I often say to people that in cemeteries, particularly in urban settings, they're a park. Mm. They really are. The people go in and enjoy them. They go yeah. in and walk. They go in and bike. With reverence. Uh, with yes, reverence. Yeah. We always encourage that yeah. with reverence, of course. Then there's folks that go in just to look at the stones. Yeah. Then there's people going to learn, okay, who are these people that are on these stones yeah. that tells the history of a community? In some cases, the history of our state and our country, and certainly has some of that. So it is a, it is a great spot, and uh, look forward to getting that project completed sometime this summer. 
We're going to be having an additional monument added, but that won't come till later. It's under final design, then construction will begin of that, which will honor all of our veterans in the global war of terror era, including Iraq and Afghanistan. And there'll be seven names inscribed on that uh, Quincy people who passed away in service to our country. So uh, one of them was killed in action. That was um, Mr. Caldwell, Charles Caldwell, who... um, Comes from a great family. Caldwell's uh, Kip. His brother teaches at North. His parents are active at ENC. And in fact, the father Charlie taught at uh, at the old Central Middle School for many, many years. So, no, it's something we should do. So you'll have a monument in there from Civil War right up through today. And a lot of our younger, middle-aged people now are part of that generation that served the nation in Iraq, Afghanistan, or other yeah. places around the globe during that yeah. crazy time after 9/11. I know, brutal. So. Uh, the other project, and it's a pretty pretty large project, is at Pine Hills. Yes. Pine Hills Cemetery uh, was opened up in the 60s. Mayor McIntyre was mayor at the time. He got the state to um, sell a portion of state-owned land along Willard Street, the base of Blue Hills, um, and uh, for cemetery purposes. Now, over time, environmental laws came into play so that the habitat issues became an issue. So for many years, we were trying to expand in our own land, but we restricted because of the environmental issues and habitat issues. So we finally came to terms and agreement with the state and about the habitat issue. And it comes down to rattlesnakes. And I, I'm trying to think of the other one. There's a, there's a second one that is, is a cotton mouth or something. Or, no, it's yeah. not cotton mouth. Um, I will have to, I don't know if I'll get that one, but there's, there's two that are protected species that could be in that area. So we had to give up some acreage, which we did. We'll never build on. But in exchange, we got a plan going forward, which has now uh, been awarded to uh, CF Naughton, a local company that is doing the excavating now. But when we're finished, so we'll have thousands of, uh, we'll have new graves for thousands of burials, cremations. We're going to be doing all the walkways over. We're going to be doing some beautiful features, um, stonewall features, and upgrading and adding veterans' graves for the veterans section up at that site. In some ways, and Pine Hill was looked at a little bit like the poor stepchild of Mount Wollaston. Yeah. It didn't have quite have its own identity, and it didn't seem to have as a, um, impressive monuments and things. But, you well, know, it's, it's a different era. It's, it's, isn't one side Quincy and the other side Braintree is across the street? Because we're right on the Braintree line. We are right? on the Braintree line. Yeah. The entire cemetery is in Quincy. But, uh, yeah, outside of the cemetery, in fact, the Putnam building, that building by the cemetery, half of that's in Quincy, half of that's in Braintree. <laughs> wow. Uh, but the main entrance is, goes in off of Chickatawbit. Uh, but Willard Street has become really as much of an entrance. That was always supposed to be just the back exit, yeah. but it's wow. become an entrance. So they've excavated. They're removing a lot of old stone and ledge, and uh, it's going to be. It's a beautiful setting up there. It's loaded with deer. Uh, a lot of beautiful trees up there. So this will allow us to accommodate Quincy families' burial needs for probably the next twenty years anyway, which I think is tremendous. So there's been a restriction for a number of years on pre-sale of lots. A lot of people have their, um, you know, their arrangements taken care of ahead of time, but they couldn't get the cemetery portion of it because we we didn't have graves to do it. So now that's opened up again. So if somebody goes to the local undertaker, they can get it all done ahead of time, including securing the grave uh, for future needs. So it's going to be magnificent. It really is. And these places are sacred places, made sacred by the people who were buried there. They really hollowed ground. So yeah. uh, I think it's important we do the right job with it now. That one, we, we put up a major bond issue, but you know, to the taxpayer, I say this pays for itself because as the cemetery lots are sold, 
that money then goes to pay down the debt service. Yeah. Uh, that's how cemeteries are built, sections at a time. And again, some of these things are just the things you don't necessarily think of, like schools and police and fire, but the cemeteries are just as important to be taken care of, too. So it's just one more thing that has to be done. Uh, yeah, there's some communities that don't have public cemeteries, yeah. but we've had public cemeteries since we were a settlement. So right. And we're not going to change that now. It's someday, someday we'll probably run out of space. Right. But um, this project allows us to take care of people for a long time. Well, and I think we've covered everything we want to cover today, except for just to discuss a little bit. Maybe on Friday, we're expecting the coldest of cold. We haven't experienced seven degrees below zero in a long time. I don't, in 27 below wind chill. Yeah. You know, you know what we do with places like the schools? Uh, we go in, the custodians, they open up all the classroom doors. So let the heat flow through the building. They keep the heat up a little bit so we don't have frozen pipes. I'd suggest people do that at their home. I know I have a particular spot of my kitchen. Sometimes my kitchen faucet has a problem. So we usually leave it dripping a little bit or and push the heat up a little bit. You pay a little bit more, but... It's a lot cheaper than having a pipe burst and paying. Yeah, you the just plumbers. let it drip. Like it doesn't even have to be a very slight drip. But it just it keeps the pressure and water in there, right? Keeps it moving. Yeah, that's yeah, it right. Keeps it moving. Right. So uh, be stay careful. Warm. Bundle up. Stay warm. And all right, then. thank you. We'll see you next time. <laughs>